Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our lesson is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, through chapter 11, verses 1 through 16, if you wish to follow along in your Bible. Paul speaks to women of Corinth in regard to proper public worship. Pastor Harris outlines this instruction for behavior in four points. That which is, number one, symbolized by culture, verses 2 through 6. Number two, specified by scripture, verses 7 through 12. Number three, substantiated by nature, verses 13 through 15. And number four, summarized for all in verse 16. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he sorts this all out in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Heads, Hair, and Hats. Let's look at the biblical background on the subject. Woman is the perfect complement to man. She was created such that together with the man, the two of them joined in the covenant of marriage would be more together than they could ever be individually. And they can produce the next generation. And that is all for the glory of God. The significance of a woman wearing a head covering could be a hat, it could be a scarf, it could be a shawl, it could be a veil, lots of different ways that it's, that it's done. That's to show that she agrees with the design of God. Eve was created for Adam, so that it would be Adam and Eve. And nowadays we have to say not Adam and Steve, but I'm not going to there because that's not in our passage. Now, some misunderstand this passage and some maybe not misunderstand it, they twist it to make it sound like it implies the undue subordination of women to men or the subordination of a wife to a husband. There is no superior and inferior. There is no um, subordinate and superior in, um, in a marriage. Uh, no Christian man walking by the Spirit of God, will ever lord his position over his wife. Guys, we're told that we're the head, but let me tell you, I've been at it a long time, that does not mean you're smarter. It means you're more responsible. It means there's greater, um, greater weight upon you. Um, the man is to be a loving caring, savior-like protector and provider for the most precious gift and the pinnacle of God's creation. That's what a man's responsibility is in a marriage. Neither gender is independent of the other. Neither can claim superiority. 
I have this line that I say in my wedding ceremony that there is neither superiority nor inferiority in marriage, but instead the beautiful, mutually complementary intertwining of two God-ordained roles. You've got to play your role for the other person to be able to play the proper role. So we have the design of God for outward expression of the roles of women in public worship as it is symbolized by culture, and that culture, wear a head covering, specified by Scripture, alluding to Genesis and to First uh, Timothy, which he hadn't written yet, and then substantiated by nature. This is really interesting, verses 13 through 15. Judge for yourselves. In other words, he's saying, guys, do I really have to say this? Is it that hard to figure out? You know. You know this intuitively. You, you know what people in your culture are going to think. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. Aha! Hair is a covering. So do you have to have a covering for the covering? See, we're talking about a cultural way to express something. Now, it's not 100% unanimous in history or in anthropology, but the dominant pattern in nearly every culture is that women have hair longer than men, as, you know, on the average. Long, longer, short, shorter, those are relative terms. The point is, boys should look by, like boys and girls should look like girls, and they should do that intentionally. Um, women are almost never bald, right? Men frequently are bald. Now, that is caused by hormones. And what does he say? Doesn't even nature tell you this? Um, it, I have been told that um, women's hair grows longer, faster than men's hair. That nature says that. Years ago, I was young, very young in the ministry, had a guy in the, in the church who was a, a biologist. He told me that his research verifies that women's hair generally remains in a growth cycle. I guess, I guess each hair grows and then rests and then grows and then rests. The reason your hair grows fairly uniformly is that you have a whole lot of hairs. Some might be resting tonight. Some might be growing like crazy, Okay. You reach a certain age when you're my gender, it stops growing on top, and it starts growing out the nose and the ears, and I don't know any explanation for that except it's Adam's fault. It was in the, it was in the fall. But my biologist friend says, women's hair stays in the growth cycle longer than men's hair, and therefore, it becomes longer and faster. Now, I think if we're serious about Bible study, best thing we could do, I need volunteers, I need 10 men and 10 women who will shave their heads 
And then let's see who grows the most hair in the first year after that. Anybody with me? Okay, you'll just take the scriptures for what it, uh, for what, okay, yeah, Dave, Dave's in. All right, they just need your wife to do it too. Um, okay, the, the point is the design of God is clear. Men should look like men. Women should look like women. And if you're going to worship God who created man and woman in His image, then you ought to get it right. You, you ought to practice it that way. When I was in uh, Irian Jaya and we, and we went to church, you know, we, were, we were there early. I was there with the, with the missionaries and I, uh, we were just talking. I was waiting. Obviously, I couldn't talk to a whole lot of people. I could talk to the only two English speakers who were there. And so I sat down next to the, the, the missionary wife and we were talking for a second and she was kind of uncomfortable and then she said... Um, you need to move. Really? You know, there, was, there, were, there were two people in the church, her and me. And, uh, and the church was an open-air thing with a little shelter over the top and a, and a few benches along the way. Um, she said, yeah, somebody's coming, and you're sitting on the woman's side. Okay? I, I, I was on the wrong side of the aisle. All right? That is a cultural thing. And the last thing I wanted to do was offend by doing something that a man ought not to do in public worship. You say, well, that could be a minefield. Yeah, it really can be. But be careful. Do what is the obvious thing that is expected to do in your culture. It isn't all that hard of a, of a passage. This is about the design of God for outward expression of the roles of women in public worship as symbolized by culture, specified by Scripture, substantiated by nature, and then, verse 16, summarized for all. Verse 16, but if one is, con- is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. In other words, he's saying, are you really going to fight about this? Are you really going to rebel against this? Christians should never be on the forefront of trying to break traditions about something as fundamental as the role and the practice of men and women in public. So any custom of women praying or speaking in church with head uncovered Paul says, we just don't do it that way. None of the churches, and if anybody could talk about churches in the plural and know what he was talking about, it was Paul, because he planted a whole bunch of them. He was very much the link between Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. He was the one who, who jumped that barrier by God's direction more than anyone else. He was the one who made that connection more than anyone else. He was the one who went out of his way to dress, act, eat, and talk Jewish when he was with Jews, and to dress, eat, act, and talk Gentile when he was with the Gentiles. Why? Because he was afraid of them? No. Because he was inconsistent? Well, yes, but he was inconsistent in a consistent way. He was always wanting to do everything he could to get the gospel to people, 
and he refused to do anything that was culturally offensive that would get in the way of spreading the gospel. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.